Delighted to welcome into the Saturday session General Manager of the Wellington Phoenix. He is David Dome, and we do appreciate his time. He's got a busy day today. He's heading down to Sky Stadium because uh, the Wellington Phoenix women take on a Perth Glory, uh, looking to uh, carry on a wonderful um, week they had after beating the table-topping Sydney side last weekend by one goal to nil. But last night probably left him with a little bit of pain. He is David Dome. Because your men's side went down five goals to one, Domi, in quite a weird game, I would say. I'm still scratching my head out, finished five goals to one. Good afternoon to you. Yeah, afternoon, Daniel. Yeah, it was an odd game, wasn't it? Uh, look, it, it, certainly proud of the way the boys, you know, at times, boss Adelaide away, which is not easy. You know, we had about 56, 57% possession, which is, at Cooper Stadium, is a pretty good effort. But, you know, we conceded a couple of soft goals in the first half and then didn't didn't score when we had the opportunity. And that's always going to hurt you against a very potent Adelaide side. Yeah. And what, goals one, two and three, um, you need to do better at. I'm sure you'll face facts on that. Ollie Sales, it's, it's a bit of a howler. Probably could have done better for the second and then to concede another set-piece goal straight after half-time, virtually. That's one that leaves a coach probably robable. I'm not sure if you, you've dared pick up the phone to speak to your coach. No, not yet. I haven't spoken to Ufi. He'll probably He'll be on his way back from Adelaide this afternoon or this morning, leaving this morning and getting back tonight. It's a bit of a trip home from Adelaide, as you can appreciate, a couple of, of, of flights. But he'll be... You know, you know what he's like. He, he's, so, uh, he's so well set up, and he prides himself on his set-pieces, um, we don't we haven't conceded that many from set pieces this year. as you say they've, they've they've scored a couple of cheap goals and and you couldn't really recover from that. We got back to you know three one when when Ruth's got the pen um, and there were a couple of opportunities to get a bit closer. But once if you don't execute those, then teams like Adelaide will hurt. There's a reason why they're second in the table and they score a yep. lot of goals and they've done very very well at going forward. And at Coopers, they're a very hard team to beat. Well, when you have 19 shots and only. Um six on target and one goal to show for it, you probably don't deserve much, do you, David? No, and that's right. I mean, you know, we had a couple of opportunities that that, that could have, that should have been possibly, you know, should have been finished and we would have got us a bit closer. But, you know, these things happen in football. And, um, look, we went over to Adelaide knowing it was going to be hard, but we wanted to come away with something. But to go down, the thing about with the 5-1 that, that's you know, particularly disappointing is it does hurt your goal difference and hopefully it won't matter at yep. the end of the season. But little things like that can actually derail you as it did a couple of years ago when we missed out on on um, the finals by, by one point and a couple of goals. So, you know, it's going to be tough. Uh, but, you know, that's a good team that Uki's got out there. You've got Oscars coming back. You know, I haven't heard any news about the baby yet, but hopefully that's not too far away. But the good news is there is a bit of a break now while, while the international window goes on, so it gives a bit of time to uh, Oscar yeah. to have his baby and then Ufi to regroup. So, you know, if it's going to come at a time, this is a pretty good time for, for a little break to happen. Yeah, and uh, you return against the victory at home on the 1st of April. Uh, two games at home, three on the road um, as you eye the playoffs. The conspiracy theorists were out last night on social media, Domi. Uh, Ollie Sales' head's turned. He shouldn't play again. What do you say to them now that he has announced <laughs> no. he's moving to Perth? Oli Sales still the best, one of the best, if not the best keeper in the league. Every player has an off day every now and then. It just happens when it's a goalkeeper. It's a little bit more, little bit more obvious. I'm absolutely convinced Oli Sales will come back stronger in the next game, like say against Victory on April one uh, here in Wellington. Um, so you know, look, in the day, um, if he picks the team, but I, I I would severely doubt that he will change his goalkeeper. Losing players is part of this business, Domi. You've been there long enough uh, to understand uh, you know, players will leave clubs, but 
does losing a New Zealander who has captained the side a lot um, in the absence of Alex Rufus sting a little bit more? Because it sounds like you certainly made quite an effort to keep him. Yes, we did. Um, and same with, with Clay as well. We uh, put big deals on the table, long deals on the table, but they felt their future lay elsewhere for a variety of reasons. And you probably need to talk to the player to get to the bottom of why they've yeah. made those moves specifically for them. And, um, and often they're personal reasons. And, and that's something that we obviously don't can't can't control. We've lost players in the past. And you look at Uli De Villa, who was the best player in the league when he left us to go to MacArthur, you know, because his, his wife wanted to be based in New South Wales. She, she wanted to be based in Sydney then there's nothing really you can do much about that. We can't take the club and move it to Sydney because of one player. But then Ufi does a great job and recruits Boja Dolkay if any and he recruits uh, Oscar Zavada. No one is indispensable. There are always players that can be replaced. Uh, and there are really, really good, exciting players coming through our academy. Alex Polson, who is potentially potentially a replacement for, for Ollie, is a quality keeper. He's played A-League. He's a, he's a very exciting young young keeper. And there is more. there are more keepers in our academy as well coming through. I don't have any issue with uh, players leaving if they think they can go in, into a better club. If they, can go, if they think they can go to a better resource club as well in terms of facilities, uh, our facility out there in NZCIS now is second to none. And I honestly believe one of the reasons Clay's come back so quickly from his uh, injury is the, that resource that we have out there in, in, in Trentham. Um, and he was originally looking for a return around about the finals time and then it was about mid-April, and what is it now? We're in we're in March, and he's come back, and I think that's a you know it's testament to the, the facility we have out there. So if players leave, and they leave they leave that facility as well, and they leave the the, the medical support team that we've built up uh, in the club. God, it's it's such a difference from what the club had say ten years ago, uh, David. Um, the, the facility's running out of a shed out the back of New Newtown Park, essentially. Uh, you've come such a long way on that front. But, you know, and I'm glad you raised Clayton Lewis. Those type of players in New Zealand, New Zealand passport holder with, you know, genuine creativity in the middle of the park, don't uh, grow on trees. I'd like to know about your most important re-signing, Ufuk Tele. What's yeah, happening? Ufuk, yeah. Yeah, so, look, he, I don't think, he hasn't uh, informed us that he's uh, definitely staying or definitely going. But we, uh, and I think we've, we've mentioned this before, we are planning for all eventualities, so we're not going to die uh, wondering. We've made it very clear to Ufuk that we'd love him to stay. But he's also an ambitious coach. And in the same way that players want to go to the next step of their career, then coaches want to do the same thing as well. And Ufi's been very respectful for the club. He's, he's, he's done his contract. He's played out his contract. Uh, he's told us he's looking for opportunities into Europe and into Asia. And he wants to explore those. And so we've gone, you know, what more can we do? We've, we've, we've said we want him to stay. But if he wants to go to the next step in his career, then who are, you know, we're not going to stand in his way. And obviously we can't because he's got a contract anyway. But, you know, if he stays, that would be fantastic. And if he doesn't stay, then we've got plans. Do you set a deadline and, and ask him, just help us out. Give, it, give us a, a yay or a nay by X date. We haven't set a firm deadline, but we've, we've said that by the end of the season, we'll need to know specifically what right. he wants to do. And I actually think, to so, be honest, I actually think Ufi would let us know before that date. Right. Okay. So um, hopefully it's not five or six weeks. Hopefully it's longer than that. Um, and then hopefully years to come, because I, I think he's uh, such an integral part of what you're doing and the consistency you've shown over the last couple of years. But can understand um, him wanting uh, to look further afield because uh, he's certainly capable of it. Um, David Dome, expansion in the A-League. Uh, big deal. It is a big story. Um, me as a football fan, I can't help but think of, of how cool it would be 
to see a derby in New Zealand, but that's only a small detail. Uh, there's lots of water to go under the bridge and broad brush strokes. If you can look at this more from a New Zealand perspective rather than your nest, um, how big a deal is this, you think? No, I mean, there are pros and cons even for Wellington for an Auckland team coming in. And I agree with you, it'd be great for football in this country. Would it make things more difficult for us in some spaces? Yes, it would. But that also make it easier. It would raise the profile of football with another team, especially yes. based in Auckland. It would help with the generation of younger players. I mean, our academy's been going for oh, 10 years, 10 plus years now, and it's taken a long time to get that academy up and running. So to have another uh, organisation help shoulder the burden of, of developing young talent, uh, which we could all benefit from, would, would be good. Um, and as you say, a derby, Wellington versus Auckland, you know, what would you get? I mean, if it's like a Hurricanes Blues, you know, we might get 20,000, 25,000 at Sky Stadium if, if an Auckland team came to visit. And that would be very beneficial financially to Wellington Phoenix if we had one or two of those a year. So there, there are certainly pros and cons. I mean, ultimately, it's a, it's a, um, a decision by the, the governing body, APL. They have to find the investor first, which they, from, one, from everything that I know, they don't have the investor. They have the plan, but they don't have the investor or investors mm. yet as yet so there's a bit of water to, to fly under that bridge um, and then we also have to be conscious that if by bringing in two new clubs which one would be Canberra one would be Auckland that's the way it's currently being planned it is a financial injection into the league and that is a good thing for all the other clubs and it does justify uh, the, 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 the investment that Silver Lake has made into into the league and it does just justify the investment that our owners have made into the league if they are going to sell a license for 20, 25 million Australian because then you go, well, that's approximately the value of all the clubs in the league, which is about right. So, you know, there are lots, lots of ticks um, that can be that come from any new club that's going to start. Making it more complicated, what, is it as simple as saying scramble for sponsorship dollar and scramble for New Zealand-based players? Are, are they the two obvious areas? Those are the two obvious areas, absolutely. Um, with most of the corporates based in Auckland, it would be challenging, I think, for uh, for us, but that's not to say impossible. I think we have, if you look across the league, the Wellington Phoenix has the strongest stable of, of corporates, I believe, in the league. If you look at our front of shirt and you look at our sleeves and our, and our shorts properties, they're all blue chip companies that are on with us, and same yep. with the women's team as well. You know, we're very, very lucky in that regard, and I think... Those brands and those companies see the value of the association with Wellington Phoenix, and I don't think that will change with an Auckland franchise um, because there is lots, there is lots to be uh, positive about it that with association with the Phoenix as opposed to an Auckland team. But um, there, there, there is, but there is still the other component, the other major component, like you say, is the uh, the the pool of New Zealand players. Are there enough New Zealand players? Uh, there's been a bit of comment this week that many people do think there is. Like I think Ricky said that, and uh, Ricky Herbert said that, and Ufi said said the same thing. And I think that's that's right. I think undeniably there will be uh, inflationary pressure on player salaries as, as both us and an Auckland franchise potentially does compete for them. But you know, which is good, great for the players, <laughs> not so good for the bottom line of, of the clubs. Um, but that's why we put a lot of uh, uh, um, a lot of investment into our academy because we believe bringing through those players having them under our training for five years before they turn pro, as many players have done over the last couple of years, then that's our best opportunity to develop players and have them come through at an A-League standard. David, do you see, see any irony like I do, that after years and years and years where Wellington were basically told, in, basically you're not good enough for this league, 
that you are one of the more stable clubs uh, around, and New Zealand, ironically, is um, the area for expansion. We are one of the few clubs that has never been financially bailed out by the parent body, whether that's Football Australia or, or APL. We have always stood on our own two feet. Um, and as you quite rightly point out, there was a, a period there where there was a CEO of Football Australia who was actively looking to oust Wellington Phoenix for his own reasons, um, which were not football-related at all by any strength of the imagination. So that's... And, and as you say... And now we're in 2023, 2024, and they're saying, well, we actually want another New Zealand team. I guess this is what happens when the clubs now own the league and the future of the league is being determined by the clubs themselves as opposed to administrators within a, a football um, administrative body. Um, and the league has said, we see Auckland as the next best uh, market along with yeah. Canberra for, for expansion. And, and, you know, without Wellington Phoenix, if we had folded in those years, in those mid-2010s, you know, when we were being forced out, there would be no Auckland franchise and there would be no professional football. And a lot of credit, a lot of credit has to go to the chairman, Rob Morrison, and his ownership group, Wellnick's ownership group, who stood firm during that time. And we had to take a lot. We had to take a lot of pressure from Australia and had to make numerous um, uh, back-to-the-wall fighting to, to, to remain within the competition. And we've come through that. And like you say, we've come through at the other side and... and <laughs> Now they want a second team in New Zealand, and that second franchise would never have existed if Rob hadn't stood firm. So a lot of credit has to go there. Yeah, professional women's football too. Um, you know that's a huge tick uh, on the shoulders of uh, the Wellnicks. Um, it's probably crass for you to say, but I'll say it. But you know, thank you, Wellington Phoenix. Thank you, Wellnicks. Uh, Terry Serapisos too for actually starting the thing. Uh, I think yeah. um, you know New Zealand football has has a lot to thank um, your club for. Uh, lastly, um, APL, do, do you envision if they can't find an investor, they will uh, front the club a bit like they did with Western Sydney Wanderers, didn't they, before selling it, getting it off the ground? I think that's how it worked back then. Do you think there would be an appetite for something of that sort to, to try and get the bedrocks of a club up and running and then show everyone what you've got and then sell it? No, that is right. That is how Football Australia did it. They found Western Sydney for the first, first couple of years and it was very successful and, and they sold it at a premium, which was, you know, a, a great business model. I, there has been no talk of that from APL right. uh, about whether they would personally invest uh, as an organisation, they would invest um, either in Canberra or Auckland. I think given that the clubs now own APL, there would be some resistance from some of the other clubs. It, yeah, would it would be complicated. I mean, I think you, yeah. you could make the case, as you say, it did work very well with Western, um, and you could probably make the case, but I think it's less likely these days. Uh, but, you know, never say never. It's an interesting... I've never heard that before. You're the first person to raise that. Um, but I don't think it's likely to happen, but, you know, I mean, stranger things have happened in football, right? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? David Dome, appreciate your time. Uh, Enjoy the game uh, this evening. Um, I, I, I sense the Wellington Phoenix women's side have turned a little bit of a corner. I won't say completely around the corner, but they're showing signs of getting the vehicle moving forward in the right direction, right? I think that's a fair reflection of what we've seen maybe over the last couple of months. Oh, I think it's very fair. And, you know, it start, I mean, even when at the start of the season when they were just losing games, you, could, you know, we were scratching our heads. How do we lose that game? They played so well. And then they had the 5-0 tonking of, of Canberra at home, and that sort of turned the corner. And then they had a very few... You know, the draw against Brisbane, which should have been a win when they were down to, to 10 players, 
I mean, just magnificent. And they're playing really. I mean, that last game against Sydney, they. I mean, that, like you say, they bossed the top of the table team, uh, mm. and they're playing really, really good football. So yes, I certainly think that there is. Well, like you say, it might not be the entire corner has been turned. There's certainly on that on that curvature. And I, I, they won't finish. My, I strongly believe they won't finish bottom of the table. I strongly believe they'll. There's 12 points left in the season, and they'll, they'll be picking up points for the end of the season, no doubt. David, thanks so much, mate. I know you've had a really busy weekend. Uh, hope the uh, game goes well tonight. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate the support.